On this episode of Resi Week, we talk Infocom for residential dealers, the integrated life event, and Apple TV gets an update. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 122, live at Infocom. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by HD Base T. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, for AVNation.tv. Today we are recording in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada at Infocom 2018. And with me today, I've got Ken Eagle. He is the Global Director of Sales and Training for Athlona. How are you, sir? Man, I am great. Enjoying this 106 degree weather. Isn't that wonderful? Balmy, love it. Just great. It's dry though, so it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Easy. And we have George Tucker. He is an industry educator and contributor, writer, et cetera. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Excellent. Well, yeah, That's all you got. Yeah, dry heat. Yeah, dry heat. Yeah. You can't walk 500 feet. <laughs> no, not at all. Gentlemen, I want to get right into it today. Um, we're at Infocom 2018, obviously, and the show is going to open tomorrow. It's going to be a big deal. All the uh, VIXA members, uh, in theory, shall be here. There'll be all kinds of commercial integrators. There will also be some integrators from our channel. Some residential integrators will be here touring the show, seeing uh, what's out there. As we're watching this shift, of residential dealers expanding into light commercial, light hospitality, things such as that. How important is it for them to come to a show such as this to gain that, that knowledge and, and see some of those products that are available? Because you guys are a great example. You showed us, you show at Cedia, you show at ISC, you show here. Yep. You cross both of those markets really, really well. But there are manufacturers here that don't show at ISE or don't show at Cedia that could be effective for, for residential dealers doing light commercial. How important is it for residential integrators to realize that this is a valuable show for them? Well, I think it's very important. Um, you know, speaking from a Lona standpoint, from the orange shirt, uh, we do have dealers that cross both those marks and we show a lot of the same product at both shows. Uh, we have some our sa similar sales teams covering both mm -hmm. shows. So for those folks to, to get in and, and come to our show here, they're going to see technologies, they're going to see products that we're announcing at this show that cross a lot of different market spaces. So you come to the show and if you're a residential dealer, you may see things that inspire something that you're doing in the home. Uh, or like many of our residential dealers, you're going to see light commercial applications. Yeah. Right? And we have a ton of light commercial solutions right here. And as the industry moves forward, we're seeing this progression. You walk on the show floor. Yeah. Everything's moving to this AV over IP network space, yep. right? And that's not just in the commercial market space, that's in the residential market space as mm -hmm. well. We carry products that blend those together seamlessly. Yeah. Uh, our OmniStream line of product, you've got it made for Pro, you've got it made for Resi, two pieces talk to together for each and they both fit into the light commercial space. So this is a, a, a key show, I think, for the resi dealers to come in and see. Not only do they get access to the products that we have, right. but we have, we have unique partnerships with many other brands out there. Yeah. And this is a great chance for them to see maybe what they're missing in solutions from other partners too. Very good. George, 
to, to kind of build on what Ken was saying, there are a lot of opportunities out there in light commercial. You see dealers getting into it, but a lot of times they may not realize or, or understand the best way to go after that market. Coming here can open their eyes. And on the flip side of that, it can also show them ways and products that they can use that are honestly designed for commercial, but have a great place in the home. I remember talking to an integrator who was extensively using ClickShare in residential because the, that homeowner worked at home a lot and wanted to not only you know, utilize that for work purposes, but also for you know, streaming his laptop to the TVs throughout the house. How, how do they not get caught in the, the vastness of this show? Because it is significantly bigger than a Cedia show. Absolutely, yeah. I, well, first of all, yeah, they have to be aware of what they're looking for, right? I mean, you can get lost in this. You mm -hmm. don't want to get lost, say, in the pro audio industrial staging section. Might not. Especially with the foggers, you might get lost anyway. Yeah. But so you have to avoid that, right? It's, it's like anything else that like we do as journalists: plan what you're going to attack, mm -hmm. find out what you need to look at, and then at the end of the day on Friday, if you're here for that long, then you can look at some of the more oddball, interesting stuff that might inspire you. Right. But there, as as you both were saying, there is some back channel if that happens. We went from the iPads and iPhones wanting to be integrated into the commercial from the home to some of that stuff actually coming backwards. I mean, IoT basically was a building of IoT kind of stuff that really was making its way back into the residential finally. Right. So there's that application and implementation on both sides that I think you see here. Just as you were saying, you have products that go in both uh, applications. There are ways of saying, hey, can I apply that? Or what does my end user want? Mm -hmm. I know what they want in the home. Now I'm seeing what they want in the, the commercial space. And I can apply that. It's not just hanging a TV over a fireplace. It's what is the maximum viewability for that for a huddle room or for a meeting space, then you have to apply that. And that's where I think some of those classes come into play for someone coming here for the first time or as a residential installer. Look at those very specific classes that say, yeah, here's the sort of standards of what's going on and what you have to be aware of, which they're all over the place, but mm -hmm. they're very helpful. Mm -hmm. Excellent, very good. All right, let's move on to our, our next story. This year was the first year that Avixa, in a partnership with Parkinson Associates, put on an event called Integrated Life. It was a, a look at the, the residential technology environment and how there are opportunities there, I guess is kind of the, the best way to say it. George, you were able to attend this hmm. uh, today. Can you give us a quick overview of what was, what was covered and, and kind of how it, how it fit here? All right, so the premise was the ubiquity or comp, the, the, yeah, well, I guess the growing ubiquity of smart devices. In particular, they were focusing a lot on the smart speaker systems, right? How does this integrated life of products that have now become part of everything we do, transferring from your iPhone or mobile device to your home? So the Alexa speakers, the Google Home, I think even Apple has one, although it wasn't doing so well, right? But what this dovetails into, like, well, let's start backwards. Apple just uh, yesterday or two days ago announced that HomeKit will have Siri integration with some major manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Crestron, Savant, Control 4, possibly more to be announced. Yeah. That's one, first of all, their stealthy way of finally making their home of the future that all these companies have done for decades mm -hmm. using their own equipment to finally be real. If you've noticed, your control panel on your iPhone now has HomeKit in it, yeah. which means that they're looking towards implementing something that says, don't search for your app, don't go Google, uh, you know, fiddling around to try to find it to then turn on the lights. You'll have the one that you flip up, click it, lights, done. That's a big step towards 
the integrated home being this one seamless internet of things, as we've been calling it, yeah. on a different platform is real. The big players are getting into it, but some of those devices that we commonly use won't be there anymore. They'll yeah. be going through the architecture of an Alexa, a Google Home, or the others. Right. Uh, you see there's a couple of companies showing here that I haven't gone to see yet, but I'm, like, uh, was it Inimate and Control Envy are all talking yeah. cloud platform, simple access, user definable. So what they were really talking about was this. Are these clients getting into home automation? How are they getting into home automation? And what degree do they want then to bring a professional in? And it's about expandability, ease of use, ease of implementation, and growing it at a pace that they feel comfortable with. Rather than having to have a whole architecture put in, they want to say, I want to do the living room first. Mm -hmm. I, really got I really like that. I got comfortable with it. Now I want the whole house. Some may do it themselves, but for the most part, we say now, where, where's our role? Yeah. It's in securing the network, making them yeah. everything compatible, about keeping the system reliable, right? and maybe some remote data acquisition and monitoring. Um, there's a lot of talk about subscription-based stuff. Right. perhaps product leasing. Though if I step back, that's my sort of interpretation of a lot of what they were starting to say. Right. You know, how do you upgrade a piece that really only has a lifespan of a couple of years yeah. as, an in, as an integrated install? Yeah. You have to then be able to swap it out at a profit very quickly. Mm -hmm. So that was the premise that I got through the whole day with them, yeah. Very good. Ken, when you, when you see something like this, and this is not... You know, this is obviously the reverse of what we talked about in the first story. Mm -hmm. um, but this is not normally a area where any commercial dealer is playing at all. The uh, this the normal you know stereotypical Vixa company, they want nothing to do with residential. They usually have no idea even how it works or how it functions. Why was this? You know, wh why do you feel that this venue seemed to make sense? for Parks and Associates to come and do that here? Because to me, it, it doesn't seem to compute and doesn't fit. Yeah, I agree. It, it seems odd. I didn't see the event, so I don't know all the details here. Mm -hmm. But my thought would be um, there's, a couple of, there's a couple of reasons why maybe we have some cohesion between these, right? right. Um, the conversions to the IP network mm -hmm. is happening ubiquitously across residential and commercial. So we're seeing uh, audio-visual control data being streamed over network on this channel. And that's happening more and more every day. Okay. So maybe this is a place to showcase some of that and see what's there. Um, I think along with that comes things like IT security. And wh whether it's um, mobile, wireless devices, consumer devices, pro devices, or anything in the residential environment, there's IT security wrapped around that. Right. And I think a, a, another thing that's real important, particularly on the resi side, and I think there's a little bit of tie over on the commercial side, is HDR. Right. HDR video, right? Yep. That is one of the biggest drivers that we see right now on the residential side. It's a driver on the commercial side, not as big. Yeah, but it's industry specific. It's industry specific, yeah. but there's certainly some of it here. And so maybe there's a little bit of crossover in that right there. There's definitely interest in it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of misinformation about it, right? Yep. And there's a lot of people who want to know some more about it. And there's yep. a lot of brands in different areas who are dealing with HDR. And as we get into the AV networks and we're into gigabit network and we're into 10 gigabit networks uh, and we're into HDMI 2.0 with 18 gigabits of bandwidth right. and compression, there's so much to know about all of that that whether you're at a CDS show or an Avixa show, there's a place to learn some yeah. of that information, to see some of those products and to find out what that 
technologies really like, and if it does fit, we, you know, where, where our application is calling for it. So let me ask you guys this: How far down the road is it going to be before we? I, I don't want to say see that this type of an event is a success, but how far before? we see whether this becomes like a one-off as far as trying to bring some of the residential things to the commercial guys, uh, the, the commercial integrators, versus a, a long play, something that, that they're slowly going to work at to, to bring those two disciplines together. Yeah. Well, I think it's my opinion that I, I think this is a test right now, and I think maybe this is happening fast. I don't know anybody on the inside that's giving me any information, but right. look at ISE. We already yeah. bring both shows together there, right? Mm -hmm. well, why would we not do that here as well? I mean, I keep, I've keep i been on the road all, all this year and here at the show, talked to a number of dealers who go to both, Yeah. and they ask me, are they ever going to have one show here like you do at ISE? I don't know the answer to that, but right. I can certainly see that, and I can see that sooner than later. Okay. George, any take on that? What it requires, uh, as, as you and I have discussed frequently, is mm -hmm. about the ability to combine the IoT, uh, well, not the IoT, the, the internet or the networking capabilities. Right. There's a sort mm -hmm. of difference in what an enterprise class commercial network is and what we put in home. Now, we've often advocated that it should be an enterprise class in the home. <laughs> There's resistance to that. We can have that argument at another point, but that should really be. Combining those two is where that really will happen. And because the gear transfer, as we talked in the first story, that technology transfer is going both ways now, from the iPads going into the business and backwards with some of the IoT type stuff and this. People are going to want to utilize that voice control that they have at home right. or that integrated system that knows from something that's on them or in them or whatever it is that when I get into my office, it does what it's supposed to do just like it does at home. Are we looking at this from the wrong side? Are we looking at this, or, or maybe am I looking at this, from the slightly combative, why are they offering this to you know my competitors who are going to come in and, and try and squash me as a residential in integrator with the potentially larger firms that are in commercial? Should we be looking at this as commercial finally recognizing that there are a lot of advances in residential that have cr you know slowly crept their way in? You know, you look at Apple TVs; they were in the home long before they were in a boardroom. And they were usually brought into a boardroom because that CEO or that, that VP had it at home and loved it mm -hmm. and wanted it in this boardroom. Are we looking at this the wrong way? I don't know. I, it seems to me I think it kind of flipped the other way than what you described. You know, I, I, what I got from your question was um, would the residential mm -hmm. guys be concerned that the commercial guys are creeping into their business? Yeah. I sort of feel like it's the other way around. Uh, are the commercial guys concerned that residential guys would come in here and, and taking off a lot of the light commercial jobs that we're used to doing? Right. Uh, I think the commercial guys would be more against that. Interesting. Interesting. All right, gentlemen. Uh, this week was uh, WWDC with Apple in San Fran. Uh, I believe it's San Fran. Was it San Fran? I, I never forget. Did you say the Bay Area? Yeah, the Bay Area. There you go. Um, in Silicon Valley. Uh, WWDC is always a big software event. Uh, they don't really release hardware. They're doing all kinds of, you know, iOS updates and, and, and Mac OS updates and things like that. One of the things that was announced that obviously our industry followed very closely, but the mainstream, you know, standard tech media did not seem to really pick up on was their announcement and bringing, I believe it was Crestron up on stage 
and talking about how they are now going to allow uh, Surrey voice commands to work directly with a Crestron system or a Savant Control 4 and, and I think a couple other uh, integrating partners. That's a big th deal for us. That's a really big deal. And George, you alluded to earlier when we were talking about integrated life, how they're working on the home kit as the hub. And I, I think that's a, a really big step because currently we're having to launch an app. It's not natively baked into the, the, the device that we have with us all the time. George, this announcement is a big deal. We know it's a big deal, even if it's just a big deal within our industry. Is this that game changer that we've been waiting for to make home automation, whether it be fully custom integrated solutions or DIY products, is this the one that finally makes it easy for the end user and native for the end user to use? Well, I think as we discussed earlier, it's the user experience, right? So if they see something that is within their comfort level of user experience and user interfacing, the ability to say, I can make that next step to having a control system or controlling my lights or controlling my locks or my thermostats is so much easier. And I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the demarcation point, but it is a sure sign that that thing we used to mock about them having, as I mentioned earlier, the home of the future with all their own devices. Microsoft did it, Compaq did it for many years, right? There were Comdex shows, they used to do this mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. It was awkward, it was yeah. clunky, and it still was up until you had this idea that, hey, if we make it seamless and we bring in big players, then suddenly it seems like something you can do. Right. The whole Every one of those guys makes a line of controllers that can be lower priced and entry level right. and can be expanded. I mean, one of Control Force things about taking market share for many years was that they had certain training for end users yeah. where you could change the background screen or the names of those buttons or the settings on them. Stuff that we should have known is intuitive for our control system for people. But our corporate mindset in many companies said it's a one and done and you bring me in to change it because no one else should touch it. Yeah. But with a ResiGit person, I want to change my lights. I want to say that's not the way I want those. I want to mm -hmm. be able to do it now. And I think that sort of succession of planning is exactly where it's going. So it's not the demarcation, but it's a real clear sign that that's the direction things are heading. Very good. Ken, Apple TV has been, it still seems like it's a hobby. Yeah. They, they, they just announced that they're now going to support full-on Atmos, but only from the, the, app, or the iTunes store not Netflix and any other streaming partner at the moment. They don't, I, I don't want to say that they don't have a competitor, because they do, but people that use them love them, even though they may not be the most technology, uh, technically advanced product out on the market. At what point does that stop being effective? Like they, They've brought some really good uh, upgrades to it today, but none of this is really that groundbreaking yet. There's potential for it, but it's still not there. What, what's it going to take for, like, are, are these kind of moves enough to continue making it a viable product? I think that um, these kind of moves are positioned to reach the integrator, right? Because I don't think that, like you said, it's a hobby. The integrators, mm -hmm. we, integrators, I think, sell Apple TV because the customer wants this consumer product or right. something like this consumer product. So this is a move to try and get the integrator to do more and, and to make them feel like maybe they've got some stake in this. <laughs> 
Um, but I don't know that it's t this takes it beyond a hobbyist tool just yet. Okay. And I think this probably got a little, little further to go. I can tell you though, my family, my wife and my two girls, they love Apple TV. Yeah. That's what we use. They like the simplicity of it. They like how easy it is to use. But a lot of the integrators I work with, uh, they sell it out of a necessity, but I don't know that it's their preferred way to make money. Well, I don't think it's a money-making hmm. product. and. I think that's a bit of a larger debate when it comes to these DIY products, but it does, it, it solves the problem and clients love it. Right. Did you have something, George? Yeah, well I was going to say, you mentioned the DIY thing and about how, where does that fit in and is mm -hmm. it taking or giving. Just uh, if for history's sake, remember that radios were once a DIY. People when you bought a radio for the most part in the very early days of it, even with, com with a commercial radio present, you built your own radio. Yeah. Computers were mostly yeah. DIY. Right? Not many people build their own computers anymore. It's the super duper gamers, and now they've got yep. Alienware and all those other systems that they can do. And so was like DVRs. DVRs yep. were completely DIY homespun for yeah. many years. Yep. And that then was tagged on by companies going, we can make a profit off of this, <laughs> making it reliable, <laughs> secure, and easy to use, yep. rather than having to dig into the Linux and you know figure out how to set those commands up and all that kind of stuff. So there is a progression there that says it can become professional and a certain point where the client says, I want it to work, I don't want to touch it. Yeah, very good. All right, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Ken, if people want to connect with you, find out more about Athlona, uh, if they're here, catch you on the show floor, where can they get all of that information? Yep. You can always see us in Hall C, booth 3576 if you're here. Yep. Otherwise, atlona.com, that's the place to go. You access our Atlona Academy training on there. All of our products and our videos are there as well. Excellent, thanks again for yep. joining us. Pleasure. George, if people want to connect with you, catch up on your writing and where you're teaching next. <laughs> well, as always, it's uh, any social media platform, it's Tucker Twos. Uh, and I'm here on AV Nation, and I write for several trade journals, including uh, the stuff, uh, Residential Systems, Commercial Integrator, and many others. Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, for myself, if you'd like to follow me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and any other social network. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.